Hi, my name is Evander. And I'm Winika. And, and this, this is, is the Everwin Podcast. Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode two of the Everwin Podcast. Baby. Yes, we're baby. here for episode two. Episode Episode two. two, yeah. We wanted to start off with a... A story time. It is about... This crazy thing that happened for Valentine's Day, we both got mm. each other something called a love book. Yes. And what a love book is, mm. it's this book that you can basically create characters um, online and design them from like how they look, skin tone, what they dress like. And um, after you create a story and you can make it how long or how short you want and you could put like text bubbles and stuff like that and create the story and you could change the cover and just totally customize a book for somebody and uh we both created two different types of books we did and gave it to each other and exchanged it on valentine's day which was very crazy because mm-hmm. neither of us were expecting to give each other the same gift basically on valentine's day do you know how you first found the love book do you know literally scrolling through instagram babe mm-hmm. really? i was like it was around the time of valentine's day i was just scrolling 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 and i was like hmm i wonder if lavander would like this so when you were scrolling 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 were you scrolling with the intentions of getting me a gift or were you just scrolling randomly and you saw it at and- that time i was just scrolling randomly i already had like gifts in mind that i want to get you okay but then when i was scrolling i never knew about it i mm-hmm. was just like a lot of the ads i just skipped past yeah and then when i had seen that i was just, i stopped and i actually like watched the whole video and i was like hmm this is cute i'm gonna make one like now really? and then i clicked yeah. on it and then that's when i started working on the characters both me and you and what we both look like so how did you come across love book so the first gift I was planning to get you was the necklace. Mm -hmm. And after that, I didn't know exactly what else I wanted to get you. So Mm -hmm. I randomly like started scrolling down Instagram and on the sponsored page, it showed uh, the love book online page. Yeah, it was sponsored. That's what that's what I saw on that. And it it looked like a really great idea when I saw that page. And I think I thought it was something that, that you would like. Mm-hmm. Because we're both like super romantic, you know. Hopeful romantic. Yes, hopeful. You always have to remind me. Of hopeful. You. Hopeful, Hashtag romantic. hopeful romantics. Yes. So when I saw it, I'm like, oh, this might be this might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. And not only did I see the love book online um, page, also that same day, I also saw the star map as well. So I felt like it was all meant to be. So in that weekend, I thought of three gifts to get you. Mm-hmm. Back to back to back. So first it was wow. the, the necklace, and then it was the love book, and then it was the star map. And I ended up just started. I just worked on it the whole night. I remember. So you finished the love book as well, just in like one sitting. What's so funny is I remember you telling me that you spent some time on it, right? I it took me a few days. Yeah. I kept going back and like fixing, yeah. tweaking. For, for me, I just like when I have an idea, I just want to like start on it right away, like start to finish on mm-hmm. the same day. You know, I don't want to waste time on it. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. And I can kind of tell you spent more longer time uh, on it than me because of the <laughs> of the characters, how it looked. Mm-hmm. Like mine was very simplistic, but yours was like super cool that you came up with for the love book design. It's for you. I don't know what was with me and like the little nitty gritty. I just f- found it really fun how it gave like a variety of different things. And, you know, super customizable, like super. So that effort and even going 
back to it. So it's like, hmm, I think I could add an extra page here. Or, you know, I kept going back and adding pages. It was super thick. Like, I think really? I maxed out the pages. You definitely did. Mm-hmm. So I want to, you know what I want to go to? When I came over to your house on Valentine's Day for us to reveal our gifts. Yeah. And I want to know what you first thought. Because I opened my gifts. Um, I showed my gifts to you first. Yes. you When you came over, you had me open my gifts first mm-hmm, yes so what did you think when you first saw the gift the love book i got you knowing that i got you that you got me the same gift the love book comes in a rectangular box and it's like this red box and it's like really nice solid and when you pulled out the the gift wrapped i was like no i felt it and it looked the same it was the same size and everything and i can't see what it is but i'm looking at it like no way this is not it. You know, th- this could never be. Like, this is not love book. Like, I'm tripping. Like, this is totally something different. Same size and everything. Can't be. But the dimensions were, like, adding up so well in my head before I even ripped it open. And yeah. then I felt it. And there was a piece of it. There's this flap of the container, like, the box that it comes in. And I kind of felt that side edge. And I'm like, if this is it, like, I'm going to cry. Because there's no way that I, that we got each other the same gift like who does that like when does this ever happen like this is crazy this is a totally different gift that's what was running through my mind in those like fast moments of me like you know seeing the gift feeling it about to open it and then as i ripped it open i seen the little bit of red and then man i was trying to hold it down you held it you held it in right you held it in you didn't want to tell me that oh i got got you the same same thing thing. yeah no (laughs) i i was like girl if you don't like, you know, like I'm there, I know what it is and I'm there like, like it's cute and it's sweet and everything. Like, you know, like that's why I already was like feeling like, you know, the waterworks, but even more so because I know that I got you the same gift and I pulled it out and I was like, oh my God, this is so cute. It was like red. It was like happy Valentine's Day from Evander. And like, I looked at the characters. I was like, it looks totally different from mine, but these are it, so super it cute. It does look different. like us. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Like yeah. we both created this unique love book for each other and gave it to each other on the same day. Like, that's what blew my mind the most. And then, as you, like, you read it to me. Like, we literally sat there. We did. We definitely did. (laughs) And we, like, read the entire book. And I love it. And when you're going through the pages, like, I was just realizing, I was noticing the pages that I had that were kind of the same. Even the words that you chose and the sentences that you chose and how different they were and the similarities. Like, I'm thinking of these things because I know I got you the same gift. And that's what was, like crazy to me and at one point i was wondering what if this was reversed i think you would have held it down i would have definitely held it down i wouldn't i wouldn't have told you i don't think you would have i think you would have held it down for real because i'll be surprised as well did i look i was surprised for sure if i had said like i was so scared of slipping up yeah moments like that it really shows me that we have something special like those little moments like this is not a coincidence that we got each other the same gift like there's something special behind it is what i felt you know of course yeah like we always see different signs all the time always right mm-hmm. but this was like okay this just really confirmed it like oh shit like yeah side by side both books mm-hmm. totally different but still the same and then it's our own story for each other what i love most about you know your love book to me is like the amazing uh, letter you wrote about uh, how we first met and the whole experience behind it. Oh, yeah. You know, like anytime I'm missing you or 
we may have not seen each other for some time, I always go back to that love book, you know? Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of the first day and the first time that we met. Kind of felt a little bad that I didn't, you know, write you the same letter, you know? No! Or personalize you the I, same way. No, it doesn't matter because I <laughs> yes. love your love book the same way. I love your yes. love book. And every, every, when I'm missing you as well, I'll open it and I'll read it. My sister's like, you're rereading it? I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? She's like, you're only supposed to read it on Valentine's Day. I'm like, no, I'm not. This mm-hmm. is for whenever I'm missing him. This is for whenever I want to pick it up and read it and read the whole yeah. thing again. So mm-hmm. I like to go back to it and read it as well. Yeah. I love how like my characters that I made were like super like generic, but yours really showed that like that black pride. I felt that, like the the black power, the black pride, you know, wow. element to it, you know, like that strong black couple or the black pride, you know, wow. element to it, you know, like that strong black couple. Wow. Like I felt the wow. black love. I didn't, I didn't even <laughs> think that way. Really? And I don't think your characters were generic. I think yes. they were still cute. And it really showed your creative side. You kind of see the, the difference between how I, you know. Your own was still creative. Why are you beating up your book for? I like it. No, no, I'm not beating, beating up the book. I'm beating up the, the, creativity. the creation of my character. Don't, because I love it. What are you doing? Are you really? No. You sure? Really? Yes, I'm sure. Yeah, what the heck? Okay, yeah, Babe, yeah. don't beat it up. I won't. I won't. Good. Don't butcher won't. your creativity because I like it. I love it. I loved, not only did we read it together, you know, like that moment. But just like documenting all the amazing times we we have and the things we share. Yes. Through like a simple sentence, through the love book, you know? They're very like very like short, sweet yeah, sentences. Short and sweet. But they were like they said a lot. As we were reading the one that you got for me, I noticed that we both said the same things. And one that stood out to me was when we both said, I love how we balance each other. In mine's and yours, we're sitting on like uh yin and yang. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, symbol. And when I chose that, I was thinking about how we're both Libras as well and the Libra scale and, and we both balance each other. Exactly. You know, being exactly. both Libras. So, yeah, there was a lot of symbolism in there. Yes. And even with the short sentences, like, it really spoke a lot of volume. I love it. Yes. So do you want to know the other gifts I was planning to give you, baby? Yes, I do. You do? Yes. Are you sure? <laughs> yes, I, I do. So one of the gifts I was planning to get you was um, a purple bear. Wow. I think it was made of... Real... Maybe I don't want to know. I think it was... I... From what I, I know... know if, I... <laughs> <laughs> if I know it was made out of real roses... One of I... those? I think so. You shouldn't tell yeah. me because you could use it in the future. Now yeah. I'm going to be like, hmm. Another one was um, like a purple rose. Just a, a purple rose as well. That's roses. So purple is my favorite color, by the way. Disclaimer. Yes. That's why he's saying purple a lot. And another gift I was, I was going to get you this last minute, baby. Another but... purple thing? No, no, no. Okay, no. So <laughs> it was um a fashion nova gift card Ooh, thank you babe yes baby. although because i know, you know but i'm still saying thank you because <laughs> the thought counts you know what i mean so i'm still saying thank you anyway yeah i'll definitely get you that gift for sure don't tell me <laughs> randomly like a, a random time when you least expect it i like that we both yeah. do that for each other we both mm-hmm. randomly it doesn't have to be like a special occasion we'll both like surprise each other with like random things mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm worried about Thank the you. most, baby? Worried? What you worried about? I don't know what I'm gonna get you for your birthday or the next Christmas or Valentine's Day. I feel like we both set a, a high standard behind the gifts that we got for Valentine's that we got. Day. I think we went like all out on what we did with your. I feel like with that, with what you're you're worried about, there's things that pop up all the time, like different things, and I, I feel like because we're such hopeful romantics and love it, I feel like 
our minds, our creative minds, when it comes to getting things for each other, there will always be something refreshing to get for each other. Like, exactly. we'll always think of something. At the time, I was picking up um, a hobby and just, like, painting, you know. I just really loved painting. I was getting into it. I was buying canvases. I'm not a painter, but I really love expressing myself through painting. Even so now. And for you, I painted a small mini canvas that stands up of our initials so ew and like on your side it was blue because your favorite color is blue and then on my side was purple and i put like some graphics on each side and then i use mod podge my favorite thing to use to make the canvas shiny and yeah that was that was something that i put like some serious extra work into although like i love the book and i got the book putting in the little details and efforts for painting and painting for me is very therapeutic as well and just thinking about you the whole time and what you'd like on the canvas was like something that was really that made me really happy yes that low-key low low-key might have been my favorite gift that you got for me really it had to be because only because like when i look at it as i'm looking at it right now and there's you know, crowns i see the time you put into it you know i just love the the detail you put into it the gift and it's just amazing baby you know Aww. i love that Thank yeah you. so can i can i request uh, a gift for my birthday baby sure because yes. like you said we're both thinking yes. about like oh my god what are we gonna get each other for yeah. birthdays if i can request something it would be another uh painting for your birthday though i'll come up with something mm -hmm. super super duper duper special for you you will be yes i will <laughs> can you tell the people what your love quote is babe love is a continuous connection between two souls and constant communication for the people in the back one more time Listen up. yes for the people in the back love is the continuous connection between two souls and constant communication and could you just elaborate on that quote? I feel like what I love about us, you know, I feel like we have a soul connection. Yes, we do. You know, and I feel like true love, when it's real love, quote unquote real love, is when the two souls connect, you know. So our two souls are like metaphorically having a conversation and a connection between one another constantly you know mm -hmm. each time we meet each time we talk with one another whether it's in person or through the phone so i believe relationships and marriages will only work and will only last if the two souls are connected you know it's like people who believe in soulmates our two souls our two spirits found each other when we met and i think it's super beautiful i do too yeah i think it's wonderful i also feel like even when we're apart we're still in communication mm -hmm. even more stronger so even when we're apart it's like you still feel that strong strong connection yeah like a magnetic force Yes, baby. Mm -hmm. That might be my second favorite gift, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing I love too, baby. In like in the multiple gifts that you've given me, you've always um put one of my quotes attached to it. Yes. You know? Always. Even in the love book, I think you might have added one of my quotes. I did. And these are really by him. Those are really his quotes, by the mm -hmm. way. Really his quotes. It is. And I think what our gifts show is like it's not about how much money you spend. You know, but it's about the thought you put into the gifts you give to the person you love, mm -hmm. you know. And I think we put a lot of thought 
and love into that, you know. And that's what makes me love it even more mm-hmm. on both sides is that it's the thought behind. We always have a, an explanation or a reason behind every gift. Sometimes people get people gifts just like, here, here's your gift. But there's always like, for us, a reason why or like some sort of like meaning behind every single gift that exactly. we've given each other so far. Exactly. And I know in the future it will be that way too. Of course. And that's the best part is the story behind it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, baby. You're my good luck charm, baby. <laughs> I am. I'm wearing it right now. You're my good luck charm. It's special to me, you know. Every time I see you wearing that, you know, I think of us and the connection we have. I feel like any time you're not with me, you're still a part of me. Every time you wear that, you know, that necklace I got for you. You don't never take it, it off. I don't <laughs> it without it. I love it, baby. I love it. I wear it with pride. Mm-hmm. Also to like remember how lucky I am in life and to remember how blessed I am no matter what situation I'm in to remember the things that I'm blessed with and how blessed I am and how grateful I should be and how lucky I am yes I see it as a regardless as a form of protection for you you (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is actually because as long as you wear that wherever you go you're protected you know you You are my protection good luck charm I love that I'll always have good luck Thank you, baby. Yes, baby. So you know what I want to do, baby? What do you want to do? Move on to the, the next topic, baby. So th- in our first episode, we talked about uh, the independent woman versus the dependent woman. And now yes. we're discussing. Yes. Should I start, baby? Yes, you started off. So I think we should start with the independent man. And I feel like both as the, the independent woman and the dependent woman, there's pros and cons mm. to both groups of people. But I would argue... The, Somewhat position, I believe man is what all men should strive for. And I think the reason why uh, in a term, in, a, in regards to relationships is the independent man adds value to mm. his relationships mm. because he's in a position where he's uh, very self-sufficient and independent. You know, he's in a position where he's not needing of anything. He's in a position to give, mm-hmm. you know. I feel like the dependent man is in a position to take, you know, and not give. Mm as well and i believe the independent man is a a man that women can rely on and put faith in mm-hmm. you know i feel like one of the things that women really value i know you can tell me you know i, I don't want to speak for women in this but from what i've heard is security women want to always feel safe and i feel like one of the great qualities of the independent man is they allow women or the woman that they're with to feel safe and secure you know you make me feel safe. Yes. <laughs> not not only financially, you know. No, I wasn't. Not only, say, yeah, I wasn't yeah, not, this, not like, only. <laughs> that's that's part of it. Not only financially, <laughs> but that's definitely a big part of it as well. I believe for for women, especially like in marriages when it's like super super serious, that security. Exactly. Up when they finally like tie the knot and everything, they want women want that security with their man for sure. It's important. Yeah. I feel like that's why even though money's not everything, it can be downplayed of the role it plays within a relationship. To go a little deeper, one of the main causes, as I talked to you before, of divorce and it's like financial. And, and money fights and money problems is obviously money, you know, that causes a lot of the issues within relationships. So I believe like a man who's truly independent will ensure that some of those issues don't not arise because of their stability. And because of the stability they add to the relationship with women, you know, providing that security to them as well. And I believe in general, not only in terms of relationships, I believe that uh, as a man, having that independence and having that self-growth mindset, it's important because it 
it ensures that you live out your true and full fullest potential right. through it. And um, that's why I believe like the independent man has a lot of great qualities. And it sometimes it takes a lot of it doesn't come that quick, you know. It takes time to get to that, you know, independent status where you're just right. completely self sufficient. You don't have to rely on anyone in any way as well. One can argue. I mean, I'm saying one can argue. Yes. I love arguments. Yeah. <laughs> one I'm being devil's advocate. Yes. One can argue that okay, well, just like when when we spoke about the independent woman, how she doesn't rely on anybody, you know, but in a relationship, you know, it's supposed to be more like a partnership. A partnership. So yeah. if the man's just totally independent on his own, which is a great, great thing, of course. I'm just, you know, putting it into perspective. What if like on his side, if he's totally independent, what makes it a partnership? What I'm trying to get at is if he's totally independent, like what would men need their woman or their partner for? That's a good question. That's a very good question, baby. Because I, th- I believe that everyone has to add value to their the relationships, right? Yes. For the independent man, what value do they want from a woman, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the value that, that they want is not necessarily financial, you know, if they're already independent, you know? Right. So in my perspective, one of the qualities, you know, or things that they would want from a woman that's beyond financial uh, for them is um, emotional support. Right. Is a big one, you know, someone that they can, you know, come to with their issues and any problems that they're experiencing, Mm -hmm. you know, or facing. Someone that that will be the rock through bad times and good times, you know. So the independency is not just solely based on financials. So in that sense, when it comes financially, they should be entirely independent. But when it comes to things like emotional support, being there, the interdependence. Yeah, the interdependence. Yeah. Still has to be there if there's a partnership. Exactly. Exactly. And what is in that sense, the dependence then? Ideally, if he is stable and on his own and doesn't have to rely on anybody, if he's in a partnership now, because what I'm thinking is the independent woman versus the independent man, those are two different separate scales. When a woman is in a relationship, she should be able to be taken care of. Like she should allow the man to. When it comes to the independent woman, the independent woman is like, no, you can't take care of me. No, I got it. I'm independent. You know, I'm taking care of myself. In a partnership, men add that value. And it's a given. In most cases, it's a given. But what do you believe on just that one side? So for the independent man, if he's totally independent and he's looking for a woman to break him some type of value for a partner that goes beyond financial, I believe it would be emotional. So what values should a woman bring or partner bring to a totally independent man? That's a good question. And I always go back because of my like background in history. Historical analysis, yeah, you like to say? Yeah. So from a historical perspective, a man was providing financially, you know, for the household completely, right? Right. And you can ask the question, if the man is providing financially, what, from a marriage perspective, what value was a woman bringing to that relationship? And most would say taking care of the household, you know? So that means any household duties and taking care of the child rearing would be um, the responsibility of the woman. So 
any of those household tasks or responsibilities or like gender roles yeah as it relates to the home would be taken care of by the woman for um in part for the independent man and his livelihood you know i believe that the independent man in general he can't fully survive in a sense without if he wants to be within uh, a relationship mm -hmm. and a marriage you know and not a, just a single man I believe that's one of the values that women bring to a situation if all the financials are taken care of um, by the man initially. So in today's day and age, many partnerships, couples, like now those things are kind of shared where if it's a partnership, a marriage where they're living together and everything, especially now, both partners are working, they're bringing in income and they share the household duties and stuff like that and helping to raise their family. And if there's an independent man, it's basically like he doesn't need her to pay for nothing. He's got it. Yeah, I think we covered mostly like the the main pros of the independent man. A con could be, as it relates to women, is because they're in a position of power and independence, a lot of men can use it in a negative way in terms of abuse of power, in terms of taking uh, control of the relationship, taking control of the woman and making all the rules and, and the decisions of the household where the woman has no say and no power. It's a situation where independent men have the ability to use their financial status to have power and control of the woman that they're with. Oh, of course, you 100%. Know? I've seen those many situations where it's just like, well, I take care of everything, so you do as I say, and you can't get out of this, and you need me, and you can't survive without me kind of thing. So it's kind of hard when, let's say in a relationship where the man's like, especially financially, taking care of everything and saying that he doesn't want to rely on her. Of course, he's a man, and he has everything, and she doesn't have to worry about a thing until she has to worry when it becomes a controlling thing. A prime example of this was, I was just watching the other day, Medea's family reunion. The main character, the woman, I think her name was Lisa. Lisa was the one who was with the rich man. He had everything and he took care of everything. She didn't have to worry about a thing. She had no freedom, almost like imprisonment because he took care of everything. And it was just like, you just have to sit pretty and look nice and do as I say, and that's it. And also with that, she got abused. And I know it's a movie, but like it does happen in uh, many many situations where it's very controlling and then uh, abuse can also arise from it as well emotional physical spiritual even sexual abuse so um it does happen and it's unfortunate that could the controlling part is definitely a con depending on the man though it exactly. depends it really depends not every man who's totally independent does that but like that could that can be one of the cons exactly i feel like the people in society, you know, who have power and significant financial status are definitely in a position to abuse their power, mm -hmm. you know. It happens a lot, you know, more than I think we want to admit as a society. Yeah. Um, that happens as well. So in that sense, I think one of the tenets or the qualities of being an independent man should not only rel uh, relate to their financial status, but it should also relate to their character status of course in terms of who they are as a person you know and i think that being an independent man without those characteristics in terms of you know empathy gratitude generosity kindness it, it have to be included in that definition of right. an independent man for me personally because without it you're just you're going to run into a lot of issues as it relates to relationships and regardless of your financial status if you don't have those other qualities, you'll never be in a happy, successful relationship, even though money is a key part of 
being in that uh, sustainable relationship, you know, that lasts where a woman feels safe and secure. It's multiple. It's not just one quality that you need. You need all of it. You know, that's why I believe one of the reasons a lot of relationships don't last and marriages don't last is because a lot of men and women may have one great quality, but they lack the others that are still super important right you know so you have to have all yeah of course and even with both the independent man and woman they should both be able to have emotional intelligence and that's very important is being able to control your emotions not suppress them but be able to control them and then release them in a way where it's not harming to others and still being able to rely for that emotional support on their partner but they're still able to control their emotions so that they're not explosive or hurtful to their partner yeah i definitely agree with that and i believe one of the things that both the independent man and independent woman have to be careful is not to enact dominance within the relationship in terms of trying to control everything and if they have to understand that even though they may be independent, independent and, and financially secure potentially making more money than their partner they have to ensure they still view their partner as equal regardless of the difference in financial status right you know so that's very important i feel like money is one of the ways that creates inequalities within society oh and, and it translates into a lot of relationships yeah. so you have to be very aware of that you know if you're an independent man or an independent woman entering your your relationships uh the relationships that you're currently uh, a part of you know yeah so you have to be very aware of that i love that you brought that up babe because i've seen a lot of the times where they don't see them as equal because it's like well i make more money than you and you can't tell me what to do and you can't run me or you know i don't have to come to you for anything or i don't have to listen to what you have to say basically you know it doesn't equate for everything else that matters in the relationship either they just make the financial become the whole thing when they're not on the same page not making the same amount of money but when they're not on the same financial plan page kind of thing that's when you kind of see where the divorces and relationships fail exactly. or value each other each other or value each other's opinions Exactly. And I feel like um, one of the, I would say, disadvantages that people have to be aware of being in a situation where the man makes all the money is not only could it be potentially be in a situation where it leads to the abuse of power, but it makes it very difficult for the woman to exit and leave that relationship because the man is so control of financials so it becomes difficult for a lot of women to leave yeah on the flip side with the women making it hard for them to leave it could be very comfortable for them if they're basically being taken care of the men and they abuse their power the woman can be comfortable in that situation where she's willing to allow certain things to happen because he's basically covering everything as long as i have this paid for and a house or have a car and she'll accept certain things that she might not have accepted so i think one of the other cons um that the independent man has to um be wary of is uh, potentially being taken advantage of and attracting the wrong types of women i believe that because um when you're an independent man um there's a likelihood that you will attract a dependent woman so you have to be very aware of that to make sure you're not taken advantage of to make sure you're always remain not in a position of power but you're always secure in who you are in that sense yes. you know you have to make sure that you end up with a woman who adds value to your life right you know you have to ensure that you're with a woman who is a who's a giver this and not well. always you know take 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 so it's one of those things you you have to be very aware of you know 
So I believe it's a, it's a double-edged sword in terms of like a lot of independent men use their finances to attract women, right? Right. But in another sense, those same finances and like financial status and power that they use to attract women can potentially lead them to attract the wrong women. You, you know? think that it's their karma though for the ones who are using that power and then attracting the wrong woman i mean i don't feel sorry for them at all <laughs> good i don't feel sorry for them at all but it messes know? it up for the good ones though the good ones yes it's interesting because you're never necessarily a victim in that situation if you're if you meet a woman like that you have to be you have to be intelligent enough you know to be aware when something's going wrong like what she's using like constantly when she's like, using oh can you. i have this oh can i have that yeah. do this for me do that yeah. for me but she's not giving giving either Mm-hmm. she's just take take taking yeah or he's just take take taking yeah and one of the re- other reasons why i don't necessarily feel you know sorry for them is that even if they're in a situation where they meet a woman who's take 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 and be and quote unquote they're being taken advantage of they're still benefiting in a lot of ways from that situation mm-hmm. you know in terms of one of the things that you know men value is obviously like sex right so we may be um gaining that you know there's another double-ended sword right there a lot of men in power with what they have and that's what goes on a lot in our society is they use what they have their assets and their money and flashing it everywhere to attract women on the flip side they'll use their assets and their money to attract women but they might attract the women who will also just use them exactly it's it's interesting you just have to be you just have to be aware of not only the value you bring but what are the qualities and aspects of a woman you value and what do you want from that relationship right Uh, having a, a high standard for yourself of what you need and want in a partner if some of the qualities that you want in a partner is a person who's like very generous and very kind and who's a, a natural giver, hopefully you will not choose or entertain a woman who doesn't give those qualities that you seek, right. you know? So you have to, I think everyone has to take responsibility for the women and the men that they attract and who they let enter into their lives, you know? But yeah. one can also argue yes. that people are very good at playing the part, especially in the earlier stages. That happens all the time. Where, yeah, so like women, and I've seen it all the time, where like men and women, they they play that part so well and then it seeps out after things are too deep, you know? Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, I feel like in those situations as well, there are those little blow over it. Exactly. When they really could have been like, a strong hit. I think that to move on to that topic, which is a great topic to bring up in this conversation that we're having, is when you see those red flags and those signs that the man or woman that you are with have these negative qualities that are very detrimental to the relationship. It's like, what do you do in that situation? With the flags. Yes. Like, bring it up and speak about it and voice your concern um, with it. Because, like, if you feel like that's a red flag, you should bring it up. But a lot of people, they kind of afraid to bring it up or let them know like, hey, this stood out to me and I don't know if I'm, I'm with it or I appreciate it or I like it or note it. And if it's something that you really don't like, see if it's a recurring pattern or if, if it was isolated and if it was reoccurring, definitely bring it up. And if there's no change or compromise, then peace. I think one of the main qualities, you know, for women who are in the situation is you really have to have that confidence, which is difficult, and that self-esteem to get out of that situation, you know? It's I, easier said than done, to be it's, honest. It's, of course, of course. That's why I don't personally, um, 
I don't judge women who stay in like abusive relationships. Me neither. People say hard. people just say, "Yo, why don't you? Why don't you just leave?" Because they're like, not in it. They're, yeah, they don't yeah, understand yeah. how hard it is and yeah. the things that were tied in yeah. to be able to just walk away like that. It's very very difficult for a lot of women, you know. But I think that that is the reason why. Having that self-worth and self-value for both men and women is super important, you know? It will ensure that even if, by unfortunate circumstances, you end up in a situation where you end up with, like, that person who's just not right for you, having that self-worth and self-value to know, to be able to leave that situation, it's super, super powerful. So I think in those types of situations, one of the most important qualities that you can have is having that self-worth and that self-value to know when exactly to leave and when is the right time to leave and being able to make that step to depart from that relationship. Because if you don't, the alternative, I believe, is just remaining stuck you know, in that situation for however long, you know, it really comes down to that confidence, you know, and as you mentioned before, which is a great point that people don't realize is it's definitely easier said than done. It definitely is. It is. There's so many ties within it. There's so many things. There's so much that was invested to just walk away like that. There has to be a way of pros and cons to leave or not to leave and i think in those situations where it's hard to leave, their benefits or them staying outweigh whatever it is that's gonna make them run time. Or they're in a situation where they literally physically cannot leave. Exactly. They're either tied like physically or, you know, they're physically abused. Like if you leave, then I'll do this to you or, you know, where it's abusive or like mentally, they literally cannot leave because they rely on that their partner and, you know, they help them or, you know, they, they, really need them when they feel like if they leave they're not gonna find that support elsewhere so they would rather stay and stick it out with their partner than to leave exactly and i feel like it all goes down to the pros like the good has to always outweigh the bad in relationships i believe yes when it gets to a point where the the cons in the sense are outweighing the pros that's when you know there has to be some serious changes that need to yeah. be made you know before then that's what i, I really really believe I like yeah. that you brought that up babe mm-hmm. very 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 important mm-hmm. yeah so i think we covered the main pros uh and cons of the independent man and i think like we can move on to um the dependent when i was thinking initially of the pros of the dependent man i honestly could not think of anything when i first <laughs> th- i put a, like a, a question mark in my notes you know i can't even think of a pro what can literally be a pro of a dependent man yeah so one of the pros i guess i thought of for them is in the best case scenario they're going to be in a position of comfort in a sense that they have no responsibilities you know or obligations yeah in that relationship because if they have an independent woman they are being taken care of you know from a financial standpoint yeah so they have no worries everything that they need or want is is, covered is taken care of mm-hmm. you know i think that's the only pro that i thought i could think of for the dependent man you have to be in a situation where you avoid them i, I would argue at all costs <laughs> you know I don't blame you. Yes. I don't blame you for saying that at all. Because it's like if you have somebody who's dependent and and totally relies on their on their partner, I don't I don't see anything good coming from that at all. Exactly. And I thought of the most cons was through the dependent man is what I found. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. 
One of the reasons why is because as a woman, if you're in a situation where you're with a dependent man, that woman grows a lot of resentment towards you, you know? Mm-hmm. It creates a, a, a lack of respect within that relationship because the woman understands that you're not providing any value or any value that they see as beneficial for the relationship, you know? So that's why you can never be as a, I think one of the goals for a lot of people is to be in a successful, happy relationship. And it becomes very difficult very very difficult in that situation i think the only situation where it could work but i wouldn't even consider them a dependent man is um if the the gender roles are reversed and the man is the one that's taking care of the household duties and taking care of like household responsibility in terms of taking care of the child Um, and while the woman provides financially so i think that's a situation where it could work you know the, yeah, she's the, the breadwinner. The breadwinner in this situation. Yeah. Helping to take care of the home and, you know, help raise the family. He's doing those things. Like in that case, of course, he's adding value and he's emotionally supporting her. He's there. It depends. Like I feel like in a situation where, say, for example, he may have lost his job. Or at the moment he's still looking for one, but he's still ambitious. But like a totally, total, total dependent man. He literally like does nothing and he's totally benefiting off of her. There's no pros. I don't see any pros in that. Yeah. And it's less accepted in our society, you know. Of course. I think I feel like it's more uh, acceptable for a woman to be dependent on a man than a man to be dependent on a woman you know yes and i feel like one of the, one of the other cons is it it normalizes the idea of relying and i feel like that's very dangerous because it inhibits you know self-growth yeah. and self-improvement and there's like a lot of times there's like a lack a lack of purpose you know and yeah. a lack of drive yes in those situations for the man that would be considered a dependent man. One of the reasons why I believe traditional gender roles can still work, even though we're in 2020, can still work within our society. It can still work because of that normalization of a man taking care of a woman or being the breadwinner and taking care of the woman financially. It's all very subjective yeah. in terms of uh, what you want in a relationship and what you value, the qualities you value in a partner, you know? Yeah. That's what I really believe. Thank you for that insight, baby. Yes, baby. (laughs) So I think one of the other cons that I realized dependent man exhibits is uh, insecurity. I believe one of the pros of the independent man, again, is security. I think at least subconsciously, if not consciously, the dependent man realizes that they're not fulfilling their gender roles, you know, as a man in terms of providing within a relationship. And besides being in a relationship, just... They understand they're not stable and they're not secure within themselves, you know, and they don't have the qualities that they deem to be valuable in that sense, you know. So it's a very insecure position to be in for a lot of men. And a lot of times they take that insecurity out on women. So you have to be very aware of that. And I believe that's not only for independent men. I think that's for independent men as well, that insecurity as well. That's why, that's the reason why money is not everything yes i always go back to the idea of adding value you know Mm -hmm. i don't know if you pick that up a little a lot of times i do you know yes i believe it's about adding value to relationship or to the relationship you're in you know and one of the the detriments of dependent men is a lot of times they can't add a lot of value within the relationships that they're in you know which is why that creates that security you know and that lack of confidence and then taking it out and taking it out you know and projecting that insecurity on the woman they're with if they can you know 
end up being with a woman in that sense. Yeah. You know? So it's interesting in that sense. And I believe that if you're in that situation, it's all about having the right focus and having a shift in mindset, having like a mindset of abundance in, in, in terms of seeking out and striving for important qualities that will transition you into that independent mindset. And I think that's key for a lot of a lot of men in that sense, yeah. in terms of having the right focus, you know? And I think those are the main qualities, I would say. I think we covered a lot of the qualities. Yes, I agree. For, yeah. And I think there's one more thing I want to mention, Again? maybe. Yeah. yeah, of course. I have a, a controversial statement to make, maybe. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Are you ready, Let him have it. Yeah. I, I want to hear what you think about this. Okay. It's a left field. In that sense, I believe that if you're a single man, mm-hmm. right, and you know in your heart that you don't have your life all the way together, you know, not me saying that, you're saying that, you know? Yeah. You believe that, that you don't have your life all figured out, whether it's financially or in terms of the character qualities that you seek. I don't believe you should focus on women in that sense at all. It's true. It shouldn't even be controversial because if you're still dependent and you're not getting your, for lack of better words, shit together, Mm -hmm. then what value... Well before you even go into a relationship like your focus should be getting yourself together and preparing yourself to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. you know and getting your stuff in order and helping yourself so that you can help provide and add value to your partner's life as well yeah and leave them alone for now it might seem like if you don't jump you're gonna miss the bus and it's hard to say because not everyone is gonna be like perfectly like at that point where they want to be not everyone's going to be at that point before they get into a relationship but if they're not at least setting goals and making those little steps to achieve those goals so that they can get their stuff together then their priorities should be they should be getting themselves together at least putting those goals in place and they're they have a mindset to achieve greater and they're not just kind of just sitting there in their dependency and waiting on someone to take care of them because they don't want to do it for themselves yeah i can even take it a little further maybe and like i can speak from like past experiences you know because i always i never come from from a place of from judgment Judgment, you know never from a place of judgment the reason why i'm saying it's not even about relationship it's about if you're a single man Mm -hmm. and you don't have your life exactly where you want it to be you know in terms of having a job you love or in terms of financially, or in terms of the character qualities that you seek to have, mm-hmm. focusing on women, it could be a big distraction for a lot of men, you know? Of course. It could be a lot of time wasted, and a lot of money that you don't have to spend wasted, mm-hmm. you know? That's true. It's another good point. <laughs> back to back, 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 back So, a lot of men believe that success is tied to how much women they're with. Like, their success is how many women they can get, basically. Yes. So if they get a lot of women, then that clearly shows they, that they're they so They believe that's... Exactly. And I believe that's wrong. Of course it is wrong. Yes. It's not based on how many women you have. And that kind of sounds high schoolish. Like, people in high school used to do that. Like, if I get, like, 50 girls, whatever, whatever, I'm this popular dude. I'm it. I'm this it guy if I get this many girls. And that mindset, though, even though you're right, it's a very high school mentality. But that high school mentality, it goes into the 20s adulthood. for a, adulthood for a lot of Especially if they don't break men. it. If they, if they don't learn better, if they don't change, if they don't do better then of course it can follow them into their adulthood as well if they don't break out of it and realize like, no, this is not all there is to being successful or being independent. It's not about how many women I can get. And I believe that 
if you're in that situation, I believe for men, you know, because now in the podcast before we talked about women, you know, independent women, dependent women. I believe for men, I would say, you know, in my humblest opinion. Humblest. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's best to focus on yourself, you know. Right. Especially if you're. It's true. It's, and getting your life together before you even decide to, you know, talk to, you know, or deal with a woman in any way. Mm-hmm. Which seems, it seems, it's a very extreme mindset in terms of single men shouldn't talk to women if they don't have their life all the way together. I really, I, I really, really believe that's best. People like Derek Jackson and Ace Metaphor, when they talk about men in relationships, they say the same thing. Men should be able to provide. Men should be independent. Men should have their stuff all the way together before they even think to talk to women because it's like, at this point, what are you talking to a woman for? What can you possibly provide if you're having to like depend on a woman like before you get to that stage or your partner? What is it that you're bringing to the table basically if you're trying to look for women but like you're not getting yourself together? How can you be a partner and not have your stuff together on your side of the partnership kind of thing and especially when you're kind of older are you just dating because you're bored or are you dating to marry are you dating because you just want to have sex what is it that you want if it's something serious you really should be in the process of getting yourself together or getting your stuff together or got yourself together before even throwing yourself at a relationship exactly and having that security I believe that it makes the it makes the relationship better. You know, I feel like you you run into less issues. You know, you'll never have everything figured out, but you're in a position where you see yourself on the right path, on the right road. Yeah, you feel like you know, you've made a lot of strides, a lot of progress in your life to a point where you feel like okay, now is a time where I feel like it's best to talk to women and potentially in hopes to be in a relationship where it will not affect me or put me back any farther than I already am. You know, mm-hmm. so it's having that focus on yourself in the beginning is, is just is super important, you know, for men in general. I really believe that. I believe you know? so as well. I totally agree. Yes. They should. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my uh, humblest advice, you know. Humblest. Humblest advice. Just get your stuff together before even looking. Yeah, I believe that. So I guess um, I love how we, we covered both. You know, in yes, two episodes, we, we covered the dependent and independent man and woman. And I love how we covered both sides to the argument. We didn't leave anything side. out. So in conclusion, I believe the main takeaways of this, you know, independent versus dependent talk is <clears throat> be in a situation where you're adding value to the relationships that you enter and not only financial value, which a lot of people value, you know, overvalue within our society, but adding, be in a situation where you're adding emotional value and you're a man or woman of high value and high character where you understand that qualities of not only financials but equality mm. and generosity and giving and you know it sounds very you know cliche and kindness are very important you know but they are though they are because i don't believe that whether you're an independent man or independent woman those things if you don't have those other qualities it won't work it will not work it's it's impossible you know? that is very true you know so yeah it's it's very it's it's difficult but i believe it, it's worth it at the end of the day reaching those you know those goals so it's another, another thing that they can you know take in and soak in i All love right. that baby i love you too baby. yeah so do you want to go on to the the next topic baby so the next topic is i labeled it dating with a 
disability. Has, yeah, that's has a little rhyme to it, you know. <laughs> dating with a disability. D-W-D. Yeah. Yes. Dating with a disability. Exactly. And both of us have a disability. And In a sense, yeah. One is visible and one is less visible. One is, yeah, very in- invisible. Very invisible. <laughs> like, very I invis- would have never known yes. at all. So we are going to share our stories now. Mm-hmm. And also learn more about each other as well. Exactly. So I'm going to start do, it by... Do you want to start or do you want me to start? I'll start. You want to start? You want to share your story first, baby girl? Actually, no. I, I thought you meant, I was going to ask you. Okay, ask questions. me, baby. So the first question is, what is your disability? Yeah. So it's it's formally considered um, a disease, I guess they say. But it's a disease that causes or can potentially cause disabilities. Okay. Yeah, so it's very, you know, it's very related in that sense. And um, to give a a brief definition of it, so it's a disease or disability, whatever you want to say, that can be very progressive and that leads... It's a a disability that affects the central nervous system in terms of the brain and the spinal cord. So there's a communication that happens between your brain and your body, right? Um, In terms of its functioning, right? And when you have multiple sclerosis, there's this disconnect that's happening between your brain and your body, mm. you know, that's going on as well. Should I should I give a story of how um, I... Should you? Do you want of to course. give a story of uh, how I found out that I had MS? Yes. Maybe? So... Please share, babe. The first symptom that I had was um, numbness in my leg. And I realized that um, when I was running track on the track team during practice... And I realized, like, my, I believe it was my whole left, yeah, it was my whole left leg. It was, like, super numb. It wasn't painful, but it was just very numb. And I just could not, it, I, it could not move the way it was moving before for some odd reason. I didn't really understand what was going on exactly in that sense. Just super, super numb. And it, um, I dealt with it um, months after where it was, like, it was numb sometimes and it came back to normal other times, you know? And I didn't, I actually did not understand what was going on at all. I did not obviously end that point. No, so it was no clue. it was MS. When I became aware of MS, it was through the second symptom I had was a blurriness in my left eye. So I couldn't see through my left eye at all, and I had a lot of pain in my eyes as well. And so that's both when your I, eyes. Just one. Oh, just, just one. I believe it was my left. Yeah. So I ended up uh, going to the doctor, Sunnybrook Hospital is where I went. And I ended up staying there for like three days. Yeah. And um, I took an MRI test. And that's when they um, officially diagnosed me with MS during that, that period of time. And um, and how I felt about it is um, I initially did some research beforehand because, you know, I'm big on research, you know. And what did you find? And I saw and I found the um, those two symptoms um, are big symptoms of MS in terms of numbness in your legs and in your body and uh, blurriness in your eyes blurry vision are two major primary symptoms of ms that i realized and um it was very it was a very shocking experience i didn't like have a lot of emotions behind it as well because as we mentioned before it's an invisible disease yeah and um it's hard to see it's hard to see and it and it comes and goes so i don't like currently have um any blurriness in my eyes anymore i see very clearly uh, i may come back knock on wood it doesn't and my leg is still i still uh, face some numbness in my in my legs but it's not as 
I like I walk with like a slight limp, but it's not as it's not painful or anything, so it doesn't really affect me in any major way in my life mm. as well. Um, that I really realize, and I think that I remember um, like revealing it as I mentioned before to my track team yeah. uh, through like um, a, a like a letter, and I initially did not want to reveal it. I but think I told important. you. And we'll go. We'll get back to it as well. I didn't want to reveal that I had MS to you, but we'll get back to that mm-hmm. as well. Um, but, I actually can't believe that. But, but yes, but um, I feel like I was forced to reveal it with you, and we'll, we'll reveal that later on. And wow. with uh, my track team, because the reason why is because I end up relapsing um, in like December, like three months after I was diagnosed initially, because. Uh, but they put me on like drugs and the drugs yeah. it it didn't work right wow. <laughs> so I relapsed like yeah, I it's very like in like three months it's very bad I think it it lasted like a month when I was I was out of it you know mm-hmm. I couldn't practice and at that point I had to reveal because I was absent from practice for a significant amount of time yeah. so I just had to you know let them know at that point and I feel like it was a it was a blessing in disguise doing that as well yeah and uh, I'm glad I did. I'm very glad I did. I'm proud of you for doing that. Although oh, I didn't baby. Know I was very proud of myself in that sense. You You're know? Very, very brave and strong, dude. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the main aspect of my uh, MS story. Uh, it doesn't really affect me today that much. I'm glad, you know, God did that for me. So of I don't really feel too many, thing. you know, major effects that I deal with. As I mentioned before, um, it's considered the invisible disease yeah. for a lot of people, even though it's not invisible for some, uh, as you... A lot of people grow older, they may have more debilitating symptoms of it because it's it's naturally or typically a progressive disease that gets worse with time. Yes. Depending on, yeah, usually. So that's that's the main aspect of it that I realize. I have something called uh, obstetrical, meaning a fancy word for birth, birth. brachial plexus injury. And what that means is everyone at the back of their neck and their spinal cord has a brachial plexus. And it's a collection of nerves in your neck from your from your upper limbs. And um, what happened was I was perfectly fine. I did not have anything acute wrong with me before birth. And during my birth, I had my right shoulder stuck in my mom's pelvis bone. They got my left out and they kept yanking. And the doctor had uh, yanked hard on my head, pulled and used like forceps and stuff to try and, you know, get me out fast enough. And what had happened is my shoulder got stuck, he yanked and he pulled too hard and it had pulled five major nerves from my spinal cord. As a result, I have permanent damage to my brachial plexus and it's a birth injury you know, a lot of people have mistaken it for a deformity and it's not. It's a birth injury. Been with me my entire life. I've just learned to adapt and cope with it. And I love yeah. that baby. Thank so you. I have a question for you that I haven't asked you. Yeah. When was the first like growing up, when is the when was the first moment that you realized that you had BPI? When I realized something was wrong, wrong with, with you. Me, something was wrong with and you. Something exactly. was different. Was yeah. I was two and a half going on three. So do you remember? You remember when you were two and a half? Yeah, I remember you, exactly you. what it was. Like my brother was just a baby. He was big enough to like wail and clap his hands and move around and stuff. So um, I was just watching him play one day, and then we started watching TV, and they're like clap or something. He looked at the TV, and he could clap with both hands, and I tried, and it didn't work. 
like I tried to do the motion and then I realized like, no, like I literally am different. How come he can do it and I can't? I remember getting in some big trouble that day because my parents came out and caught me trying to use like one of the like preschooler or scissors that I had at home to try and cut my fingers off because I was so mad at myself and I was like so little and I had just came to the realization that I'm different. He's a baby and he can clap and I'm just basically a bigger baby that can't clap. Wow, baby. So I guess another question, um, because I think I posted it on my Instagram, you know, your book. Why did you decide to write the book? When I was in grade 12, my parents came up to me and they're like, you should write a book about your experiences and become an author. Just write about what happened to you and share it with the world and be there for others who have the same. I'm like, yeah, sure. What is little me going to do? Write a book. But okay. And then I wrote down all the things that I went through. All it was, my first version was literally a 14-page essay of me just talking about how I adapt and what I do every day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, after that, I was, my mom always used to say, no matter how long it takes, it's still going to be in the air. So just go ahead. Just keep going and making sure that it happens and make sure it gets done. She was like my biggest motivator behind it all. Like she really wanted me to like do this. And unfortunately, she passed away four years before it could actually get done. So, um, yeah. And, And after her passing, it just motivated me even more to really not let my story go in vain also not to let the injury happen in vain because i had to use it and do something with it inspire others be somebody who's like totally inspiring to others who are out there who may not you know have a voice or help them to realize they do actually have a voice so that's why i continue to write and i had the rest of my family father brother sister all my friends people like mentors teachers principals profs were totally behind what I was doing. And also my mom had mentioned, you know, when you are selling your book, make sure a portion goes back to support a cause of your choice. And that's when I booked up on United Brachioplexus Network. And since I've been selling books, I donate back 40% I love of my baby. book. Yeah. First of all, I read the book. Yes, you did. I, I read you the did book. read the book. And that was, that was amazing. Thank you, baby. Like, it was actually a really amazing book. I would definitely recommend it to anyone to read that book, you know. And let me know that how strong you are, mm-hmm. you know, and how much you've been through, oh, you know. Thank you. And how, like, every roadblock that was in your way, you just, okay. you trampled it. You know. You didn't hurt all. You trampled through it, you know. Literally. And, and you got through it. Literally. You know. And thank it really you. shows your strength. And I love that about you, baby. Thank so you, much. Man. Yes. That's mm-hmm. sweet, thank you. Yes. These hurdles in life, and especially when it comes to overcoming, mm-hmm. I just run right through it and just keep going. It won't entirely stop me. It won't entirely hold me down. So Exactly. To go to another topic real quick that I realize is um, you don't have the you know opportunity to hide it from anyone, you know? No, because it's, it's there, unless yes. I push it in a hoodie or something. Yeah. But warmer weather, mm-hmm. there's, no, there's no hiding from yeah. nobody. Yeah. But I do, I have the, you know, I can hide it, you know, in a sense, if I wanted to, you know, having MS. As I mentioned before, I initially didn't want to tell you. I want to know why, and then I have a question for you. Let's backtrack a little bit. So, in my previous relationship, right? By the way, disclaimer, I don't know any of this. I'm learning for the first time what he's about to say. (laughs) Yes. 
So in my previous relationship, um, I didn't end up telling her for like the fourth or like fifth month. Wow. Yes. And obviously that did not go. <laughs> Initially, it ended up working okay, but it ended up obviously not going well. Wow. It was like a, a big blowout because I didn't tell her. And the reason why... She was mad? She was completely mad. Mad? Yes, of course. Wouldn't you be too? I'll get into that. I wouldn't be mad. Like, I would be, like, in shock that you didn't trust me enough to tell me that. Wouldn't that make you upset, in a sense? That I didn't, I didn't tell you about something that's so significant would, in my life? Not mad. I would feel bad. Like, what was it that made you want to keep it from me and not share it with me? You know? Like, what is it that you think... I would have thought, like, that's not something to be judged or, you know, that doesn't stop anything. So why wouldn't you have told me that? But it's not something that I would be, like, I wouldn't be mad about it at all. Really? No. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad. I would be more sad, actually. Like, oh, my God, like, I, I missed maybe opportunities to support you, you know? Like, it's like alone and, I, and I'm here and I'm your girl and I, I had no idea. Exactly. Yeah, but I wouldn't be mad at an argument. Like, I, I'm, I'm already not understanding how there could have been, like, a big argument i'll just have yeah. to understand why you chose to keep it a yeah because it's considered um i'll give you a a lawyer term a court term okay <laughs> lying by omission obviously i don't know what that means yeah <laughs> <laughs> lying by omission means omission is like withholding information you didn't intentionally lie I, like i didn't say i didn't have it i lied by not telling you you know i lied by keeping it a secret i, I lied by withholding information in that mm -hmm. sense you know so it's a form of lying in court, they would say, called lying by omission. <laughs> so um, in that sense, and the reason why, and, the, and a, a question, you know, is like, why didn't I tell, you know, for four or five months if it's not that big of a deal? And the reason is, you know, there's, always, there's still like a stigma behind, you know, in, my, in my head of having, you know, a progressive disease like MS, right? The stigma of having a, a, having a disease or a disability and how oh, in general in general you know yeah. and a lot of people are may not want to be with a person who has ms so that's like i guess one of the fears i had in terms of like like not telling my partner in that sense or like just in dates in general you know yeah. i think that's like the the pro of, for me i guess quote unquote pro uh that it's invisible you know i don't have to necessarily reveal it to anyone you know yeah fast forward to our relationship so why the reason I I told you I, I wasn't gonna tell you right? Yeah, you told me you weren't gonna tell me, but now I have a question. Like, okay, if you weren't gonna tell me, when were you gonna tell me? I did not have it. So let me let me let me like um let me really get into it. I wasn't gonna tell you right, but the reason I did tell you, it was, I believe it was that the third the third date I told you, and you did. I remember the reason why is that whole week I got really really like sick. Oh my sick to my stomach in that sense that same week you told me yes because you didn't tell me this because the reason why is because i knew i had to tell you it in my soul like because i got sick to my stomach because my body was like i knew i had to tell you this because i didn't want to start oh. our relationship with a lie you know something about me was just like i feel I like do it, right? yeah I yeah yeah because i knew that I had a feeling early on that we were going to be in a relationship for a long time, mm. you know, and I wanted to start it on the right foot. And I believe, I and I believe, that. like, I'm very spiritual, and I believe it, it was God that really put that sickness into my into my soul, you know, mm -hmm. to end up telling you that. Because if it wasn't because wow. of that, I, w I wouldn't tell you at all, you know? Oh, my God. 
And what's so crazy is um, on our date, um, I was looking for the right moment to tell you. It was on my mind the whole time. But you're you just know? finding the right opportunity and, and, to and there wasn't in. There wasn't a right moment, but I feel like this is where God comes in, you know? Yeah. Like through you. And I, and I realized it, at that moment, it was a specific moment when I realized that this is the moment to tell her. It was when you asked me the question. Um, I can't remember how you framed that. I think you said, um, oh, what is the hardest thing you've been through? Or what was the hardest point? Or time in your life, and I feel like yes. it, I feel like it was God coming that to like that. sparked it. It was like okay, now now is the time to do That's it. That's a perfect time. And, thing and that, to say. In that sense, I'm like I could either come up with another story, you know, or come up with a, an excuse not to tell you, or I can you know quote unquote man up and let you know that I have it. And in that sense, I just I let it all out in that moment on a third date, and I'm so happy that I did that. I'm and happy I, and that I didn't too. wait because if I believe that if I didn't do it then. I, but I believe that like everything happens for a reason. So there's no hypothetical uh, if I didn't do it then. It, I was meant to do it then. That, that yeah. was the perfect time to do it, you know, and I did it. And that's I believe okay. that's another sign why I knew you were the one, the one for me is because I did it on a third date and I did it early on. And I didn't, Way early. And I didn't start a relationship with any lies or, you know. I appreciate that. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. But like, okay, so then I have another question for you, babe. I know that you wanted to start off on like the good foot and you did by like telling me. And even if you took even more time to tell me, I would have totally understood. Because mm-hmm. it's like, what made you trust me enough to tell me? that because that's super personal a lot of people are they fear that stigma like well and and i and i was too but my story was already out there so you know there was nothing for me to be like oh my god because everybody knows but like for something in your case that is more invisible well what made you or was that a factor being comfortable enough to to share with me was there something specifically that i did or you know or you were just stuck solely on i want to start off on the good foot and another reason why is because you shared your story with me you That's have right. a disability too so it's like why am i scared to tell you when you have exactly. a, a disability as well you know that's what and i was thinking exactly and i feel like going back to like um the story about how i didn't want to tell my track team but i was forced to because yes. I, I relapsed yeah and this is a, a similar situation where i didn't want to tell you but i was forced to because i got su- super sick physically and mentally oh the entire God. week or if i didn't tell you like it was you know <laughs> You were sick because you were eager to tell me and you were finding ways or it was affecting you at that same time? I was sick because I, I, I wanted to tell you and I, I know I had to tell you. It, it was super important because in that situation, I knew you, you say that, you know, you if I didn't tell you, you'd, you wouldn't be mad about it. But it's something if I told you like a, a year later, it's like, I don't know how you would react. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how you would react to that situation. You know, cause I, I know that I would not be mad though. You're sure. Me, me knowing me, I wouldn't be mad. I would just kind of be sad. Like, what made you not wanna come to me? Like, it's a little upsetting, but I don't think I don't, I can't see where it's now like an argument for something that you felt was very personal, too personal to share for a partner that's only been around for like a few months. To be sharing that something super, super personal like that. Exactly. I think as we have to have a real conversation about shame and stigma. That could be another topic in regards to relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's it's difficult because uh, I'm going to go left, baby. I'm going to go left right now. Oh, <laughs> I'm right all the left. way left. For people who have like real diseases, they're in a situation where it's like, 
dating with a disability, right? Yeah. So imagine the people who have to date and they're in a situation where they have like, for example, like a sexually transmitted disease mm-hmm. and how hard it is for them to reveal that to the person they're they're with. But oh they know they God. have to, yeah. you know? Well, it, well it, that's because it could possibly affect them. But I, I think, I think. Yeah, the stigma and the shame attached to certain things within our society yes. that makes it hard for a lot of people to open up, you know? Another question can be like, is it my responsibility? Do I have to, you know? Do you have to actually to tell you, reveal it? Yeah, is it a, do I have to disclose that information to the person that I'm with? Yes, you should feel comfortable enough. And then there is a question of, well, if I tell them, is that going to change their situation? Or are they going to be treated any differently? Because I, I told them something about my disability, is it going to affect our relationship in any way if I let them know? And I'm going to give you another example, baby. I'm going to go back to Love is Blind. Do you know where I'm going, baby? Love is Blind? Yeah. Oh, by who, though? Carlton. Oh, nope. Singing the wrong song. Do you believe that he had oh. the right not to tell? You're talking about the show. Yeah, Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was singing the song by Eve. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're talking about the Netflix yeah. series. Yeah. So do you believe that Carlton had the right not to reveal that he was bisexual? Do you believe he had to reveal the information mm-hmm. to Diamond? Or does he have the right to withhold the information? Do you think it's personal enough for him to not have to reveal the information to this topic is so, 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 so touchy. Let's talk about people with in sexual orientation in general. You see, in her case, like, I just feel like each situation is unique and different, and it depends on who it is. And I think another thing is, it, it goes back to the, the argument of, um, you have to give a person the choice to either be with you or without you. A person that you're trying to talk to has to be aware of everything about you in terms of your... In this case, your sexual orientation, potentially your disability or diseases that you have, you know, they have the right to, to either not be with you or, you know, you have to give them that option, I believe. You know, I think ideally, I think that's the best situation. I think we've revealed a lot in terms of uh, the dating with a disability. So before we end, baby, I have a few more questions to ask you. Yes. Uh, about uh, dating with BPI and your past experience in terms of, I guess, revealing the information to the people you previously dated in terms of online dating as well. Were you ever in a situation where you felt nervous to show your arm and to reveal that you had BPI and you had a disability? All the time. Before mm-hmm. I really came out with like advertising my book and showing myself and showing pictures of me online, before that, I would never post pictures. I'd always show it on my left side and turn purposely taking pictures so that people wouldn't see it. I started like talking to people online or with guys who would like hit me up or message me. And I trusted them enough after like a few conversations. And then in person, I would re-explain it when they can see it. So, and I kept having to like train myself to tell them and reveal my disability and be like, walking on eggshells at the same time okay like this is it like either they're gonna continue talking to me or not because of my disability and then after i'm like okay well if i'm gonna come out with a book that's basically revealing my disability then there's no point in like hiding anymore if they're gonna accept me they're gonna accept me for me and that's it so then i started posting maybe like 2017 2018 that's when i really started posting like my arm even on social media and social dating sites because it's like, this is all me and they should just see me for me first. And I shouldn't have to explain after they start talking to me. It's like they already see it. 
I'm still going to have to, but, like, they should already see it. And it was very nerve-wracking, though. Because I'd always think, like, that's a make-it-or-break-it kind of thing. Exactly. But then I stopped caring. It's like, whoever is made for me... What can I do? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Whoever's made for me will see me for me and, like, read my profile and see that there's way more to me than that or are interested to know, like, what it is or what happened. That's true. And... You were way more than interested. You were, like, super inquisitive. And then you read my book as well. Of course. So, yeah, it was very nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. So did you ever get, this is a good question, any negative reactions from men? Not to my face, no. That you uh, wanted and- to date or talk to in any way? or No. Not to your face, not online e- even? No. Nothing, no negative? Like, there are some dudes that I kind of fell off, stopped talking to. But I've never been in... A situation where, like, blatantly, like, it was because of it. I don't know if secretly it was the reason why, but I've never been in a situation where it was, oh, it's because of your arm or something. When I was younger, though, when we were, like, in middle school, not necessarily high school, but elementary and middle school, kids used to tell me all the time, oh, no one will like you because of your arm. So I thought as... Like, although it's something that happened when I was younger, it was still something that stuck with me for a very long time, even when I started like dating so that's why i never really showed my arm because that's what i thought and then i was already a plus size girl so at the same time i'm just like okay it's either one or the other i can't be both and that's gonna be like a double whammy for them to accept so why are you gonna do that just show you know show your left side and hide that part and then slowly reveal it to them later and then i stopped doing that from my book came out like i was like no i'm not gonna do that anymore Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like um even in the topic we discussed before I feel like it's all about um, authenticity mm-hmm. and really revealing who you are, the real you. Regardless or not, if they, the person that you're with or potentially want to be with, accepts it or not, you have to be who you are, you know? Regardless, yes. Exactly. And I think it all starts with that self-love, as we mentioned before. That's important yeah. for both men and women and that, you know, really loving who you are and having value and self-worth. When you have that, I think it's... It's easier for people to accept you because they know that you're confident in who you are. Very, very long time to get to that standpoint where I was like, you know what? Even It's not that I faked it to make it where it's like, well, I did kind of put myself in that uncomfortable position because I knew that I had to be myself. Either way, this is me. This is a part of me. They're going to have to accept me. So I got to that point, even though in my head, I was still always nervous to post a picture or I still put myself in that position. Like you must be strong enough to do that and put yourself out there and show who you really are stop trying to hide something that's a major part of you although it doesn't make you entirely who you are this is a part of you but it's not it doesn't make you or break you exactly i think that's what i i learned as well you know with you and and your disability as well yeah and like how was that and just meeting you you know in terms of just having the strength and courage to just accept who you are just reveal who you are to the person that you want to be with and not hiding that part of you you know, and a person who really loves you, you know, will accept you for who you are. Yes, you know? that's true. And the people who won't, then it's not it's not meant to be anyways, you know. They're not yes. the person for you, is what I see. Yeah. So it goes through, like, it goes um, struggles in the dating stage and when you first meet a person. And I believe this also struggles um, when you're actually with a person and in a relationship with a person. Those struggles that you have to deal with even when you have a disability or a disease. How do you feel about asking for help to the person you're with? And wanting to be independent. How do you know when it's important to drop that pride and ego and 
ask that person that you're with to do a task that you may not necessarily, um, it may be difficult for you to do or put you at a further risk. When do you know when it's a situation where you want to still maintain that independence? How do you draw that balance and do you fall onto either side of that? That right there has been something that I was struggling with for as long as I can remember. I even remember my mom when I was in college, she's just like, Nika, you gotta stop trying to do everything. You're gonna put yourself at a major risk. Like ask for help when help is there, accept the help. I know you want to be independent, but it doesn't make you look needy. It doesn't make you look like you can't fend for yourself. Just accept the help. Somebody's offering you help, not because they feel bad for you. It's because they actually want to help. That's when I kind of realized that it was important to start accepting help. But before then, oh my God, like I would sit there struggling with something for the longest time until I actually got it or until I said, forget it. I'm not doing it at all. And I wouldn't ask for help. I wouldn't really ask for help. Exactly. Right. And then in a relationship standpoint, like, again, I would be there trying to do it myself until they're like, no, seriously, like, let me help. And then I'll be like, damn, like now I'm a burden, you know? Yeah. Do you ever, this is, that's a really good question too. Is there ever a part of you that doesn't want to be a burden? Sometimes, but not so much anymore. Like I used to feel it a lot more a few years ago, but now I'm just like, if the help is there and I really am struggling, because there's things that I just literally cannot do on my own. Like I'll sit there and try to find ways to do it, but there's things that I just can't do. And to get the help, like sometimes I feel bad, like, oh, like now they have to help me with something that they shouldn't have to help me with, you know? something that I should be able to do but the reality is it's something that I really can't do and if I need help I'll just ask for help before I wouldn't ask for help I'd wait till somebody offers help or sees that I'm struggling and offers the help more times even then I would reject it to try to still struggle and then like sit there watching me like okay well are you sure because I never wanted to seem like I was a burden or a bother so I stopped really asking but now I'll accept it. As simple as like moving a pot. Hey, can you help me? Before, psh, I'm doing all sorts of things to try and move the heavy pot of water or whatever to try and like, you know, be independent. I have to drop that guard of not trying to look needy or be a burden and actually accept the help. Because it's there and whoever's trying to help me actually wants to and they doesn't to. seem and loves me and cares about me. You know, they, and they won't use it against you. Yeah, they, yeah they're not going to use it against me and they're not going to yeah. make it seem like I'm a burden or make me feel yeah. like it. In some ways, sometimes deep 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 down deep in your subconscious deep (laughs) i would still kind of feel it like god damn now they have to help me with something it's so simple that should be so simple i've been training myself to not think that way for two years or so trying not to make it seem well i don't know why but like i don't know why i felt that way i know how important it is to accept help because one i don't want to hurt myself two if it's something that i can't do and i want to do it and somebody's there to help me why not accept the help? So, exactly. you know, that's been a major struggle is to try and, is to try and not feel like a burden, but I'm realizing more and more that it doesn't matter. And I don't feel embarrassed as I did before because a lot of it was embarrassment, which is why I wouldn't accept. I've removed like the embarrassment aspect from it. And when the embarrassment aspect from it dropped, feeling like a burden lowered as well, but it was mm-hmm. mostly embarrassment and the embarrassment was like feeling like a burden. Now they have to help me. Have you ever felt that way before with your disease? For me personally, I never felt that way at all. I definitely felt initially like that, that shame and, and embarrassment to reveal it. But once like I, I'm in a relationship, it doesn't really impact it in a significant way. Yeah. But with you, I realized that I try my best like early on to help you with like just simple 
simple task, you yeah. know, that even though you may not necessarily need that help, I still try to go out of my way to help you with that. And I could but, feel that too. Like I remember I like early on, like helping you open your the 3D glasses at the movie theater. Yeah. Or, or like as simple as, yeah, you still yeah. do it like randomly. Like yeah. now when you pass me a bottle of water, it's already open, exactly. you know, but like, cause you already know, like need help to crack it. So instead of me actually like helping, you know that it helps and it does. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. amazing. And I, and I really, really appreciate that you yeah. see that. And I'm just glad that I'm at a point now where I can accept that help because before oh my god like I'd, I'd be like moping the whole time just thinking about how embarrassed I am that somebody has to do that for you know but now it's like no like literally something that helps a lot and I can't be embarrassed by something that somebody I love is helping me with and they can see and they want to help and they care and why not allow that? Exactly. I think that um, in that sense, you're a very independent woman. Yeah. You fall, oh. <laughs> you fall closer to the other scale, you know, De definitely asking for help is definitely important. And I feel like you've definitely made a lot of strides with that throughout your life, which is super important. And I think you have to be with a person who you feel very safe around, secure around to seek that help when you most need it. Yeah. And knowing they won't judge you for that or look down on you for that, you know. Mm. So it's just about being in that safe and comfortable environment space. space. Yeah you know super important so i feel like we covered most of the topics related to dating with a disability do you think there's anything we left out babe? um I we, we covered most everything. of it yeah we covered most of it yeah and i think what we can do uh right now is give them a preview of what we'll, what we'll be talking about yeah yes. let's do previews yes <laughs> a quick preview yeah that would be good yeah so one of the uh topics we'll be talking about is should women submit to, to a man, man yes. within a relationship divorce court clip yep yeah that's that was lives. really really that I sent to you it's about um, so the woman wanted a $100,000 wedding, wedding and $20,000 ring mm, no and, <laughs> and, and the guy wanted to have a child before marriage and she wasn't that having was, that yeah that was just yeah so that's next yeah. episode yeah those are those are big topics right there we'll be talking for know? another two hours yeah and i think i have more deep questions to ask you next week as well in terms of do you want to have a, a baby before marriage and would you and what age do you feel you'd be ready to be married and to have kids and in turn well? i'll ask you that question too yeah, of course <laughs> of course yeah, yeah that's well we speak about these things but like mm -hmm. to actually like talk more about it in depth asking the question mm -hmm. will be very 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 interesting and enlightening mm -hmm. next episode yeah. so yeah this was a pretty a pretty deep episode maybe it, was, it got really deep super in this deep. one i think that people would definitely enjoy it you know mm -hmm. it's a very introspective episode so yeah. you know so again thank you so much for tuning in thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode and definitely tune in to our next one that drops next sunday every sunday every <clears throat> sunday yes baby all right all right thanks babe all right take care thank you <laughs> of course, stay of course. safe stay inside of course <laughs> only go outside if it's necessary yeah